Hi everyone, today on LeBeau's Lessons, we're going to talk about extreme accountability, okay, extreme accountability. Do you take accountability for your life, for your decisions? Um, you know, how common is it for leaders to pass blame in their leadership positions? What, what do you think, Mohammed? Pretty common. Pretty common? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know in percentages, but I've, I've seen, I've seen it, yes. Yeah. Well, we're going to be talking about that and also some other important things. So just stay tuned. And uh, I don't have my intro music. <laughs> so let's make some Mohammed. <laughs> we're so pathetic. Okay. You know, we're talking about. Okay, so we're talking about extreme accountability, right? Um, okay, I'm going to be honest. I know that I've passed a lot of blame for different things over life. Um, and uh, But I believe that I have mastered recognizing if I'm doing that and quickly taking responsibility. And so I believe it's something that we need to practice. I think that it's one of those character attributes that we're not born with. It's something that we have to learn and master over time. And I feel like the more you learn this and you master this as a uh, leader is the more respected and appreciated you'll be. Because I mean, to be honest, if you're the type of person that passes blame, you're gonna be seen as a jerk, right? You're going to be viewed as a jerk. You know, people love, let's just say everybody loves a person who can accept responsibility for something that they've done wrong, um, you know, at any level. So we're going to be talking about that. So first, uh, let's get into this lesson. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. Yes. LaBeau's Lessons mm -hmm. on Spotify. Yeah, it's on Spotify, Anchor FM, and uh, a few other places. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys know where else you can listen. Mm -hmm. um, so make sure that you share this with, uh, with some leaders that you know. Now, here are some topics we're going to start with. Okay, so here's the headline. Ex-Missouri police chief pleads guilty to beating man who allegedly, allegedly tried to drown his own baby. Now, why am I bringing this up? Okay, I have been seeing in the news a lot about, you know, if you go to, you know, that, that, that lawyer, Crump, what is his name? Something Crump, I forgot. I feel bad. I don't know his first name, but he's always posting videos about with cops beating people, right? <laughs> you know, he's that big time lawyer. And, um, you know, it's, it's discouraging, you know, seeing all of these things. And 
when you see stuff like that and they're beating people who are handcuffed, laying on the ground or something like that, you're like, you know, who's going to take responsibility for this? Are they going to keep these people accountable for these types of things, right? But when I read this headline of this cop beating this guy, you know, I don't know, my attitude kind of changes. Like, well, I, I look at uh, Crump's videos that he posts and I'm like, so cops just think they could just go beat on anybody anytime they want, you know? <laughs> but here's, here's a little bit more into the story. It says, Greg Hall Grimson, the former police chief of Greenwood, has pleaded guilty to assaulting a handcuffed man who was being held in a police station for allegedly trying to drown his own infant daughter in an icy pond. Hall Grimson, 51, uh, Hall Grimson, 51, entered a plea, a guilty plea in Western District of Missouri on Wednesday morning, according to court records, he had he was indicted by a federal grand jury with violating the civil rights of a man identified in court documents as Jay-Z. It wasn't Jay-Z, but it's J.Z. By throwing him to the ground and striking him in the face while he was restrained in the chair. Okay, so, all right, this is painting a different picture to me, okay? <laughs> so, all right, so, all right, I'm thinking that he saw the guy doing it, right? And in the heat of the moment, he's beating him up, right? Yeah. No, but the reality is he was already being questioned. He was already detained. I don't know if the guy says something smart, something stupid. We don't know what was being said in there, mm -hmm. but he couldn't do anything to hurt the police chief. And, and I guess he just decked them. Maybe he decked them. I don't know. You know, maybe he, I don't know how severe the beating was. Yeah. Okay. It says Robin Fowler, the former chief's defense attorney, told the star his plea marks the next step in being able to resolve the case and move forward with his life. He uh, believes that the plea terms are fair and hopes they will be given consideration by the court, Fowler said in a statement. So <clears throat> it's funny how this guy, he's, he's a police chief and he's being indicted. Obviously he, he lost his job because he said he's former. Mm -hmm. But uh, how do you feel about him, you know, getting prosecuted when so many other police officers, I just actually saw that there's on uh, Yahoo headlines that this police officer is not going to get charged after he raped this, this girl. Yeah. I didn't read more into it because I didn't have time. But things like that are happening. Is it a, like, is it a district by district thing? Like what's happening there? What do you think? The thing is, I, it's kind of hard to unpack and decipher because yeah. there is so many of these districts mm -hmm. and even in the police system, I've got to, since I've been here at least, I've got to realize that there is so many different levels and different rules depending on different districts yeah. and different ways of handling situations. Mm -hmm. And coming back to accountability, I've also seen that a lot of the stories are distorted mm -hmm. just because of that accountability. Mm -hmm. Because since we are talking about it, it's the one of the biggest thing that I've seen that 
the police may not necessarily be handling situations the way maybe we want them to be yeah or the way they're supposed to be handling it i've seen a lot of that too Mm -hmm. and it's been popping back up a lot lately Mm -hmm. but what i've also seen is that i don't know how the police is, is getting accountable yeah i really don't because we don't know when the police kill, if they go to jail, are they yeah. supposed to go to jail? Mm-hmm. But we all see the facts that in many different communities, the police is not necessarily be getting accountable mm-hmm. at the level that they're supposed to be getting accountable. And yeah. that's when you see the things that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Depending on the gravity, like if the if we can see that the rape is maybe consider with more gravity or whatever mm-hmm. the police officer that raped is free but the police officer that did somebody something else is in jail or the police officer that killed is free oh so it's it's very confusing and it's how do you feel about this this police chief you know decking the guy who was trying to drown his baby an infant because the thing is to me when i'm hearing that I'm I'm thinking, is that the true story? He he has been charged with child abuse. Who the dad? Mm-hmm. Mm. So the dad is he, actually he a was child trying, abuser. Yeah, he, he was trying to drown his baby in a lake. And... So that is a fact. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if that's a fact and the police officer, so was that the police officer's decision to do it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that the guy was being questioned, but he he was being charged, right? Now, of course, after the fact, yes, he was charged, but there was still an investigation process when he got decked in the station. Mm. I'm going to tell you I'm triggered, okay, because I'm triggered by anything that happens to a child. And if it is true, let's say, let's assume that it's true. The guy was trying to murder his kid. Yeah. You know, I don't, I'm not mad at, at the, the police chief for decking him, okay? But, <clears throat> you know, huh? it's, it's kind of like it's one of those things where he felt like it was worth it. For whatever reason, in his mind, it was worth it for him to do. He knew he would lose his job. He knew he would, but he, for some reason, he just really needed to deck this guy. Yeah. So the question to me, the ethical question is that we have to ask ourselves is, when is it okay for someone to get beat by the police? For instance, I watched two videos this week. One was of a woman that got that got kicked in the head by a police officer when she was on the ground in handcuffs, mouthing off. And another video where another woman got beat up by a police officer because she was trying to assault another police officer. So she was in front of a police officer, she was fighting him, oh, and one that. was behind her and started beating her up. Yeah. And my thing is, I told my son, I think I was talking out loud, and I was like, do these cops not know judo or something like that? Because in judo, we're taught how to, you know, disarm a person with as little harm as possible without even punching them, without even, you know, really laying a hand on them. You mean to tell me this big guy doesn't know how to sweep this woman and grab her and which restrain her. He was just going at it on her. Yeah. And I'm like, and my son was like, they police officers are taught judo. They just don't use it. 
the thing is the police, especially here, because in different in in a different environment, it can be different, even with the beating. Yeah. But what I've seen is here, the police handle situations with their emotions. Yeah. Because whatever you're talking about, yeah. Even if we talk about the whole black and white thing, mm. I can pull out a thousand videos right now. Right. Where you see the differences of how the police handle the white dude and how of the course. police handle the black yeah. dude. Yeah. And even with the woman too, because what you're saying is true. Why mm. do you go like this Why? at the woman? You are supposed to be a trained police there, officer. There needs to be trained. So whose fault is it, Mohammed? Is so, it the police officer's fault or is it the training trainer's fault or is it the supervisor's fault that these types of things are happening? We're talking about extreme accountability today on the podcast. So whose fault is it? Who needs to be held responsible? One person or everyone? The thing is, there is accountability at every level to me. Yeah, I agree. There is accountability at every level. All of this is happening because there is not, there is maybe not enough accountability at the higher level. Mm-hmm. And the police officers themselves are not really keeping each Good. other accountable. Mm-hmm. And it kind of comes back to the leadership thing because I've also heard mm-hmm. some, I don't know what's her name. Um, but this lady, she, she used to say, you have to be able to lead yourself into situations. Mm. And it comes back to that. How do you lead yourself into doing what's right mm. or not doing some things that maybe will make you lose your job or make you, I don't know, do a lot of different things. Well, so I think there is accountability at every level. I believe so, too. And I agree. What do you think? When is it okay for police officers to beat people? Is it ever okay? Is it never okay? Uh, Put your your uh, views in the chat box. Um, I'm just going to say the emotional part of me. Yeah, once I don't don't mind. I'll look the other way if a police officer beats a child abuser. But, you know, everybody is due, you know, they're supposed to get their due diligence and and all that good stuff and have their day at court. So, yeah, I do understand that, too. But I'm only human. So um, I am not I I am not perfect. And I'm just going to say that. Yeah. No. And that's the hardest part, too. mm -hmm. Now, what about this Simone Biles thing? The Simone Biles thing. I know there's a lot of different angles to this. Um, she's saying that for her mental health purpose. Now, at first, when I first read this, I thought, now you correct me if I'm wrong. I thought this was about like she she stepped back from the competition because um, you know, she she injured herself and didn't want to further injure herself. But then I think I was wrong about that. And it was more about she feels like mentally she's a she's really stressed and not in the correct state of mind and because of how dangerous her sport is if you're not in the right state of mind you make a mistake you could really severely hurt yourself you know there's athletes who've done that and they've had to retire early um and so people are having different reactions to it what are some of the things that people are saying about that yeah actually i had i had some screenshots here Mm -hmm. um the thing is, it's it's crazy how I've seen so many reactions about this all over the place. Yeah. Many different ways. Like, for example, 
mm-hmm. you have a guy like Michael Phelps that was saying that um I mean I'm just paraphrasing right okay. but people don't really understand the pressure of these high level athletes how they need to keep performing how mm-hmm. they 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 have to stay and I I <laughs> I always say that sometimes it's easy to get to the top mm-hmm. or it's easier to get to the top, like the top of your class. If you can, you can get, you can do that. But can you stay there every day, all day, all the time? And that's the hardest part. Yeah. So that's kind of what some of the athletes were saying. Um, they, I, I feel like if you're not an athlete, you don't need to be speaking on this stuff because because you don't know what they have to go through or what. Um, you know, you don't know it. So you don't need to speak on it. You don't have that experience or background. So I just feel like there's people are in the peanut gallery making their assumptions, but somebody says something really good. Like this person, this individual is putting their mental health um, as a priority above your metal. Okay. You know, Mm -hmm. they, they feel like, you know, they're being robbed of a medal. I mean, who are you? Who are you that have issues with this? Do you get what I mean? Like, who yeah. are you? What what type of, how sad is your life, in my opinion? How sad is your life that you sit on the edge of your seat watching the Olympics, critiquing everything and getting upset at a person for whatever they do? I feel like your life has to be really, really sad if you depend on the outcome of a sports game to determine your day, your, you know, is, I feel like just, I just feel like there's too much weight on. And I have, I have the same thoughts about people who are severely overly into politics, the same thing, the extremism into politics, into sports, you're going too far when you're, when you are losing friends, cursing people out and, and all this stuff. When your character declines, you know, because you're criticizing a sports athlete over, you know, making a decision about their health, regardless of if it was a physical injury or whatever, what is that going to do to you? What does it mean to you? Like, why does that matter to you? For me personally, I have too many things. My mission is too big. I have too many things to do, too many important pe- people to see, to worry about what Simone Biles competition <laughs> she's going to sit out on or stay in. You know, I just, I just, I don't, I don't relate. I just cannot relate to that. Yeah. And the, that's a good point. I, I do agree with that, but you said something earlier mm-hmm. when you said, if you're not an athlete, you don't really, or shouldn't really have a say, which is kind of true. Yeah. And even, I don't remember which final, I mean, which playoff it was. I think it was not this one, but the other one with Lakers when, um, mm-hmm. I think it was Green that missed the three-point shot and then they lost the game. And I was seeing everybody going hard. on the. I was like, man. People get into fights after games. Do you guys even know how hard it is to make a shot during the game? Oh my God. You guys don't even know. And a three point in an NBA game playoff at the end of the game, when it's like 10 seconds left, you guys know the pressure. Mm -hmm. But what was funny to me was even in the athlete and professional sports Mm -hmm. world, it's also confused because a lot of people will be like, Oh, the goats, 
like um you the good you shouldn't supposed to be quitting on your teammates somebody said they wouldn't even be there if it wasn't for her so yeah somebody from the team too yeah and somehow the people say that so it's <clears throat> over there it's also confused somehow the people goes that oh it was just a strategy because she was a little bit down that day so she didn't really want to perform because she knew that she wasn't going to do it I thought right. about that that did enter my mind too but I don't care that much to go deeper into deeper thought about it yeah but yeah me personally I I don't know I even Tim Grover I like Tim because Tim Grover not only was Michael Jordan's coach for 15 years <laughs> personal coach and while he was training Jordan he wasn't training anybody else Mm. Jordan told him I'm paying you to train me only. Yeah. And then after he went on and trained Kobe, a lot of the goats and he's training many different sports right now. Mm-hmm. And his perspective was kind of like MJ's. Mm-hmm. The thing is no winning takes all of you. Yeah. Winning will take all of you. If you want to win at that level, Yes. It's going to take all of you. Winning doesn't care about everything else. <laughs> so if you want to win, you will have to make these sacrifices. I know the mental health thing, because I have, like, we talk about mental health all the time. Mm-hmm. This stuff will happen. It's yeah. all part of the game. Yeah. But winning will take all of you. Very true. And that's why I said, if you're not an athlete, don't talk about it because you don't know. I, you know, right now, I'm dealing with pain. It doesn't look like I'm in pain, right? But I have a fractured tailbone because of judo, okay? I have to get a steroid shot in my back now for the rest of my life to not live with this pain. And, and it, it, it hurts me on my workouts or whatever. I've sprained my wrist. I've um, sprung my leg, my ankles multiple times, um, you know, when I was bodybuilding, I tore my hamstring, like these types of things happen. And then you have, as an athlete, you have to make a decision. Um, and, and this is why I left judo. I had to leave judo and, and not compete because I did not want my body to get tore up so bad that I couldn't work out. I have to work out for my health outside of looking good and modeling and acting and all that stuff and competing and stuff I have to work out if I don't diabetes comes knocking at my door because of my health history so I had to make a decision either I'm going to let people down and let people be upset with me because I'm not fighting anymore or I'm going to make sure that I can actually go and do my regular workout so I don't have my tums my toes don't go numb from diabetes. Mm. So people have to make a decision that's best for them. This is what Pierce Morgan uh, tweeted. He said, um, admit you did badly, made mistakes, and will strive to do better next time. Mm. He went on to say, sorry, Simone Biles, but there's nothing heroic or brave about quitting because you're not having fun. You let down your teammates, your fans, and your country. I'm, I'm just going to go on a record and say, <laughs> first of all, put your put your stuff in the comments. What do you think? I'm going to go on a record and say, whatever Pierce Morgan is saying, just let it go in one ear and out the other, okay? <laughs> this is a person who is a 
entertainer. If you don't know, I'm going to open up the veil for you, okay? There are people, listen, everybody that's on TV is actors, okay? They're actors, all right? So what that means is Pierce Morgan is not a news person. This is not a person that should be taken seriously. He's acting. This is his character. He is the Simon Cowell of the news, okay? That is a personality. So anything that he says, you should just laugh it off. Just laugh at him. That's what he wants. He's doing that to be relevant to his brand. So don't pay attention mm. to it. Okay, we're moving on. Now, <laughs> uh, let's go on. To, so today we're going to be talking about, uh, I keep losing this this freaking Oh, we got, slide. I think we got, you had a couple of books that you wanted to talk about, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of books I wanted to recommend. Now, Mohammed and I found that we have an interest in the same person. A lot of times we do find this. Yeah. So I told him we was going to talk about accountability at some point on the podcast. Why don't we do it now? Because we were discussing Joko Willink or Willinks. Um, he has a book called Extreme Ownership. And it says uh, how U.S. Navy SEALs lead and win. Okay. And Leif Babin, that's his brother, I believe. Or something like that? No, he, that's that's his um US Navy SEAL. Oh, okay, okay. But he did team. author a book with his what was his brother. I don't know which one it was. Yeah, but check out that books. book. Yeah. And follow him on uh, you know, online and stuff like that. But we're talking about extreme accountability today. Mm-hmm. So um let's talk about those those things. Now, are you a blame shifter? This week on TikTok. If you follow me on TikTok, um, you know, it's just my name. Just look me up there if you want to. All I am doing on there is being very weird, very odd and off-putting, asking weird questions and seeing what people's reactions are to it. Um, Don't take it too seriously. But I put it there because I want people to, to have, I have a lot of times in my day where I reflect and I ask myself questions. So I do the same thing to other people. Uh, so anyway, um, one of the things that I ask is, do you transfer responsibility for your mistakes? Do you transfer responsibility for your mistakes? Do you feel like you're the type of person that owns up to everything? Okay, well, let's test that. We're going to give some situational things in. Um, you can type in the chat box or you can just think to yourself, Muhammad, I'll just let you be the guinea pig. Okay. Now you write your answers here. Because um, I don't know if we can see, we can't see right now if anybody is, is on the thing. You go and you check if anybody's putting anything in the um, chat or whatever. Mm-hmm. Go check and see that. Oh, and Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, we're going right. to just answer these questions. I'll have Muhammad answer these questions. Nothing yet. Nothing yet. Okay. All right. Okay, Muhammad, this is the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to ask you who is the blame in these situations? Mm-hmm. And I want you to write down the answers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So number one, there's there's gonna be eight. Mm-hmm. Number one. Customers 
won't upgrade. Your customers aren't upgrading. <laughs> We're going to start off real simple. Customers aren't upgrading. Let's say that you are head of sales, mm-hmm. right? Or you're the head of some organization and you're, the, you know, struggling. The thing is, do I answer these questions with my current state as of if this is right now? No, just if- say like hypothetically, if, if it were you, your oh. customers are not upgrading. Okay. Who's to blame for that? Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Second question. You're on a board, right? But the board members aren't putting forth effort. It seems like you're the only one that's doing anything <laughs> for the organization on the board team. That's we so- have some people in leadership or in, on boards. So whose fault is that? Whose fault is it? Okay. okay number three you have your own company but the employees are not doing all the tasks you ask them to do they're just not completing their work whose fault is that whose fault is it when the employees are not completing their work mm-hmm. number four The employees are making errors. Lots of silly, sloppy mistakes. Whose fault is that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now let's say you're the employee now. The company you work for isn't promoting you. Like you are just amazing and you you just haven't got a promotion. Oh, you are amazing and you haven't got a promotion? Yeah. Mm. Whose fault is that? These are common things that a lot of professional folks deal with all the time. Um, Let's see, number six. That same company is not providing you all the necessary tools and resources you need to get the job done. I love this one. They're have, they have expectations, but they're not giving you what you need to do the job and make the sales and do or do the sales or do whatever it is that you do. I don't know what you do, Mohammed, in your pretend job. Okay, uh, let's see. Number seven. No matter what you've done, Muhammad, you cannot lose weight. Whose fault is that? You just, <laughs> you just can't lose weight. You tried everything, but you can't lose weight. Whose fault is that? Mm. This one is, this one is hard. That one is hard. Of all the things, that one's hard, Muhammad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're showing me your level right now. <laughs> yeah, that one is hard. Okay, we'll see. Um, and finally, number eight. You keep ending up with the wrong person. Like, no matter who you get with, they, they just, they're just not right. <laughs> just not right. Like, who are they? Who raised these folks? Right? Who raised them? That's easy. Oh, is it? Oh, that one's easy. Yeah, that one is easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, now, what do you think? How do you think you did, Muhammad? Let's see what you did. I mean, the thing is, to me, before I, it's, it's more about, first of all, Everything that you said, mm. whether it was the customer, mm -hmm. because even if you want to talk about each and everyone, the customer won't upgrade, the board don't participate, the employees don't perform. The, do the customer have a part of responsibility? Yes, they do. Do the board member have a part of responsibility? Yes, they do. Do the employees have? Yes, they do. Everybody has their part of responsibilities in everything that you said. But if you look at my answers on all of them, I put all me <laughs> because I have the biggest responsibility into every single one of these. If the customers don't upgrade, that's my fault. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. You're going too far. I didn't even go back to the question. Let me go back to the question. Yeah. Okay. Let's see whose fault it is. Uh. All right. All right. So customers won't agree. You said all me. Okay, all me. All right. Yeah. Um, a lot of business owners, they blame their customers. I've been there. You know, they just, you know, they're just cheap. They're just cheap. They don't know the value. They don't get it, blah, 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 blah. But the truth is we're not doing enough communication to communicate the value or we're not doing the sales process correctly or we're not making the deal, uh, building it up or... Is it even the right customer? Is it even the right customer? Are you talking to the right customer? And are you targeting the wrong customer? How many times have you realized that you are attracting the wrong customers? Go look at your branding and messaging and tone. Very true. What are you doing to attract those types of people? Does it mean that you won't sometimes attract the wrong customers? You will attract the wrong customers sometimes. But majority of the time, you should be attracting the right customers. And if you are attracting the right customers, then the upgrade will be something that they want. It'll be something that they seek. It'll be something that they'll be looking for. Well, do you do this too? Because I need this. Yeah. You won't have to be selling. So the point is, that's all you. Customers won't upgrade, that's all you. Number two, board members won't participate. Muhammad, you said all me. Why do you say that? Hold on. I just start from there. Um... Yes, so I said, oh, me, again, that's what I framed what I was about to say, mm -hmm. because everybody here has a level of responsibility. Yeah. But I have the biggest level of responsibility. So the board members won't participate. Why do I have a level of responsibility? Mm -hmm. Even if, because some people will say, I did everything. I did everything. Okay, cool. Let's assume that you did everything that you could do and then nobody is participating. Okay, mm -hmm. maybe you are in the wrong environment. Mm -hmm. Just go find a board where people are engaged the way you want to and join that board. 
that's what I mean. That's why I mean, if I'm in an environment where people are not really doing the way I would like it to be done, or people are not really maybe lit like I want them to be lit. If I did try everything in my power and there is still nothing else to be done, maybe I need to move. That's true. And and but also I want I want to say this. This if you're an employer or some type of leader where you have people under you, this is how you lose your good people. Because a lot of your good people think this way. They don't want to waste their time with mediocre people. They don't want to have to suffer them. So they'll go, they want to be around other high achievers. Okay. So if you are not doing the a good enough job of motivating and training all the people in your department and also encouraging them to give their best effort those people in the environment who do do that intrinsically motivating themselves to do those things they will lose their fire and they'll either become like those people or they'll leave you oh yeah okay but to my point on whose fault it is now I, if, if it were me, I'm not going to say what your answer is right or wrong, but if it were me, I would take the responsibility of myself and make myself the leader in that environment. I would take it upon myself to lead where there is no leadership. So obviously, if people are not motivated and they're not engaging and they're not active, it's because they're missing a leader. They're missing a motivator. And if there is none, nobody's standing up to be that leader. Or if the leader is not a good leader, they don't know how to motivate people, then I would become the motivator. You become what the environment needs and do your best job in inspiring other people. Everybody is different. So you have to inspire them in your own way. Culturally, environments are different. What works for one office over here or one board over here won't work for the other board over there. Yeah. Yes, and actually definitely I agree with you. And because when I was saying, when you do everything, mm-hmm. that's the first step before the everything. Yeah. I mean, at least for me too, mm-hmm. I would step in, try to create and that's what I've actually done Mm -hmm. in every single environment that I've been especially since I left my family home and started living alone but yes trying I I would try to create that environment that I want motivate help whatever I gotta do and then keep trying and trying and trying and trying yeah but just like I was saying earlier my my patience has this much limits and it also depends on the environment if it's at work it's a different thing it's not like I can just stand up and leave um Mm -hmm. but um depending on the group that I'm in if my patience gets to the point where like this may not even work and it's not that it's a bad thing yeah it's definitely not a bad thing it's just not a vibe thing Mm -hmm. so you just need to go find your vibe yeah there is this thing with vibe and tribe. I don't really know how it works, but. Mm-hmm. Okay. The third question was, um, the, perf- the employees aren't performing all of their tasks. What did you say? Whose fault is that? Yeah. Again, here I put on me mm-hmm. as in, I got to figure out why that is. Yeah. 
figure out why is it me not communicating clearly is it them not understanding clearly so what exactly uh -huh. why are the reasons uh -huh. and then from there try to figure out what it is you know there were times where i would get offended when um you know if if somebody didn't do what they were supposed to do but it didn't take me very long to get out of that mindset yeah. and i take everything as a failure on my part Either I failed to delegate correctly to the right person, I failed to train, I failed to hire the right person, yeah. or I failed to explain some way I failed. So whenever my employees or interns do anything wrong, I don't blame them. I blame me every time. Because what did I do? Why did I bring this person on? Why did I assign this person to this task? Yeah. Why didn't I test them more? Yeah. Why did I trust them so much? Okay, I've heard and seen many leaders and managers and supervisors complain about somebody not doing whatever, right? And you may be in a managerial position. You might say, hey, I didn't hire this fool, okay? I didn't hire this person who's doing this, this crappy stuff. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm talking about the people who, whose job hire people, yeah, but yeah. They're, they have to manage them. Mm -hmm. But that may be true, but now find whatever, wherever you're responsible and take ownership over it. Are you training them properly? Are you having your one-on-ones with them? Are you communicating effectively? Just because you talk, this is, a, this is another strong point. Just because you talk to somebody about their behavior doesn't mean that they got the message that you wanted to convey. Meaning, I, I was taught that Whatever you, when you're going in to have a conversation with somebody, whatever you want the intention of that conversation to be, keep that in your mind and make sure that your language aligns with that. What happens is you end up talking to the person like, oh, okay, oh, okay, oh, okay, oh, okay. Oh, I understand. Oh, I, I get it. Yes, yes, I see. And what happens is instead of you being firm and let them know this is not okay, don't do this again. Instead, you're so agreeable, they don't even think that they've done anything wrong. Oh, he's cool. He's cool. He, he, he didn't mind. He's not even mad. And then they go and do it again. So then you're going to come back and say, well, I talked to them about it. Yeah, but you were so nonchalant about it. They didn't think it was a big deal because you didn't convey it. Yeah. What is that? A communication failure. Yeah. So that's how you have to look at it. Okay, number four, employees are making errors regularly. Whose fault is that? Yeah, it's a little bit of the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I definitely like what you said before. You said, and a lot of the things that you said will also be for the last one too, the relationship stuff. That's mm -hmm. what I said, that's easy. Yeah. But um, a lot of times... I think we're talking about it too. I don't know exactly when, but mm -hmm. we tend to forget the position where we were before we got to that place. Yeah. So especially when you get a new person or mm -hmm. somebody that is new at something, mm -hmm. you tend to forget how new you were maybe five years ago or mm -hmm. three years ago or even three weeks ago. And you straight go into, oh, I why is it not doing it the way I want to do? Why yeah. is it not happening the way I want to do? But maybe it's because the communication wasn't done right or he didn't really understand right. Mm -hmm. But the whole thing is that even though he has his part of responsibility, 
just like she was saying, somewhere, somehow. You have to find your area. You have to find. For instance, we were on a call yesterday with Dr. Tyson McMillan. He's one of our business partners on on a project that we work on. And we were trying to figure out where in the code was there an error that there was a problem that kept coming up. Whose responsibility was it? Was it the technicians or was it the code not correct? Right. And um, so eventually we found out what the, the area was, but the mindset going into it was deep, was knowing that I'm open to the possibility that I did something wrong. Yeah. That was Dr. Tyson's mm, mindset. The whole point of what we're talking about is you need to be open to the possibility that you are doing something yeah. to contribute yeah. to the problem, even if that's doing nothing. Yes. Sometimes that nothing that you're doing is the problem. Is the something. Yeah. Okay. Number four. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five. Company you work for isn't promoting you. Oof. Whose fault is that? Oof. That's maybe you're not even asking. Yeah. Maybe and, you're not asking. And that's the craziest part. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's all you need mm-hmm. because if you paid attention. I said, even if you're doing everything right, yeah, because there are the people that want extra without doing extra work. Oh, yeah. That that doesn't work. You have to (laughs) overqualify for a promotion. You do understand that, right? You cannot just want a promotion and you get it. Okay. First of all, ask yourself, have I overqualified? Second, a closed mouth does not get fed. Yes. Are you speaking up? Are you being mm-hmm. visible or are you being one of those isolated, uh, what do they call those people who the, uh, the introverts? Introvert at yeah. your job. And then you're an wondering and you're wondering why everybody keeps overlooking you, overlooking you. Okay. You either play the game or you have to get out of the game. Yes. You can't be on the field and not play the game. Yes. You, you're gonna either be removed, okay, or you're gonna get walked all over the field. Mm-hmm. Some people at jobs, they want a promotion, they want to win, but they won't, they won't play the game, okay? You got to learn what it takes to climb that ladder the right way, okay? And do that. And don't sit up there and blame other people and say, well, oh, this person, he's, he's favoriting this person over me, or they like this person because they're white, or because he's a man, he's got, or because this and that. There is a, a quote, I don't know, it's a famous person that said this. I forgot who it was. Maybe you, you've heard of it. You have to be so great. If No, greatness can't be denied. If you are great, you will not be denied no matter what gender or ethnicity you are. If you're truly as great as you think you are, let it show, let it shine in every way. Is it the way you're presenting yourself? Okay. Um, there's so many different things you can do, but make sure that you're doing everything within your power to get that promotion. Okay. Mm -hmm. I want to stress this again, the right way. Number six, company isn't providing what you need to complete the job. So let's say, for instance, let's say, um, well, let's just say it's not about like real logistical things that you like tools. Like I need a laptop and they won't give me a laptop or whatever, but you know, maybe they have expectations up to here. Let me tell you something. I work in sales and marketing, okay? You will not believe the times I've had to make sales 
with as very little as possible. Literally, I've, I've walked onto activations where the only thing there is the product. And that's what I have. I don't have any POS. I don't have any swag. I don't have any branding. I don't have any anything but the product. Put me in a corner and say, sell, okay? This is what many of your big brands that, that you guys uh, think are way up here. This is what know. they've done to me. Okay, TikTok stood me in front of TCU and said, uh, get what we need, okay? That's it. They didn't tell me I didn't have anything from TikTok except for an app, okay? They gave me an app to gather data and that was all I had, do your thing. What I'm saying is somebody told me a long time ago, you have to be ready in season and out of season. What that means is you have to be ready for whatever. Whenever I walk into a situation working with a company, I'm prepared if they have nothing. It's not ideal, but I have a game plan. I need, I know what questions I need to ask to put me in the position. The next day, I'm going to show up ready because I'm going to make sure that I'm doing everything on my part. Okay. Um, you have something to say on that? Or? No, I mean, kind of, yes. It's, I like to give the example of, because I'm, I'm a hip hop fan as well. I love different type of music, but I'm mm -hmm. a hip hop fan. So I like to call that rapper's example because yeah. a lot of people, young guys, young boys, women too, actually a lot, mm. want to be rappers, right? Yeah. So I always give that example. Let's say you meet Jay-Z in the elevator right now. Mm -hmm. And he tells you, you got a minute for freestyle. If I like it, you sign for life. I'll take care of your whole damn family forever. Mm -hmm. But I got to like that one minute freestyle. Are you ready? Yeah. And that's what you're saying. It's true. I agree. The company has to train you. They have some type of response. They have their own responsibilities. They have to train you. But you cannot keep saying it's them. Mm -hmm. You got to go find that training that they're not giving you. You have to be able to adapt. That really showed those obstacles that you face really shows what you're made of and really show your distinction from other people. Mm -hmm. How able are you to adapt to not having enough resources? Now, what are you going to do? Okay, that is going to show how you are able to raise a situation to a higher level with the bare minimum. And that is something that you can take and use as leverage when you go to the next place right uh-huh okay number seven and we have eight of these number seven you can't lose weight now Mohammed said I don't know this is a tough one for me it's somebody else's fault it's not his no I wasn't even <laughs> it wasn't even that angle what I meant was that's tough for the guy that is trying to lose weight yeah to understand that if you're not losing weight that's your fault bro yeah you know, I whenever I was uh, working in personal training, I used to train children. I used to train elderly. I used to train disabled. Mm. I didn't always train. I used to train boxers, basketball players, um, tennis players, all these different types of people too. But I could also train a child, an elderly, and a disabled person. Okay. The point I'm making is that at some level, you can do something. Yeah. If you're not able to move as much or as well as other people, 
until you can, or maybe you never will be able to. What are you control over? Your nutrition. You say, well, I don't buy the food. I live with my mom and my mom cooks the food. Then you need to learn how to cook. You need to buy the food. There's no, ex- I have never run into an excuse that could not be overcome. Okay. And I'm telling you that as a, you know, a former bodybuilder, I made every excuse in the book to my trainer. Okay. I, I, I was going through most terrible times in my life and I was trying to to bodybuild, which is horrible. And my trainer did not let me use any excuse. I had multiple jobs. She did not care. I had the homeschool. She did not care. She didn't care about anything I had to do. She didn't care about any limitation I had. And well, the food wasn't around me. I had to go to this, just don't eat. Don't (laughs) eat. You don't have any excuse to go over to Wendy's to get anything because Oh, well, I didn't have my lunch prepared, so I needed to eat something. No, you didn't. Just don't eat anything. You're not going to die. This was her attitude. Mm. When, it, when it came to bodybuilding, body, the trainers, let me tell you something. Let me, let me give you just some insider information. A personal trainer is your friend. A personal trainer will let you make excuses. A bodybuilder trainer don't want any excuse. Personal trainer is your friend. Hmm. Let me tell you something of oh. uh, the difference between a personal trainer and an athletic trainer. I, there was times I used to have to come into the gym with my leg bandaged up and still have to work on legs. That's how much my trainer didn't care. Mm. So when I'm, when, when I said that thing about Simone Biles earlier, I was saying athletes, no. Okay. Yeah. Don't, don't talk about it. If she felt like she really needed to step back, she, you just need to trust. She needed to step back and you just need to shut up. What if that's the excuse that she gave? What if that's not even the real reason? Yeah. What if she said, look, I'm just going through too much. This isn't fun for me right now. Yeah. Mentally, that's exactly but you what, don't even yeah, really know what's going on. Yeah. Cause she can't expose the real problem to the enemy. Yeah. Do you really want her to <laughs> expose what her weakness is? Right. Okay. Like, think about it. If a fighter goes That's into a, a ring, if a fighter goes into a ring, is he going to say, man, my left arm hurts so bad right now? Mm-hmm. No, he's not going to expose his weakness. Okay. He might say something else. So my point is, um, Yes, it's if you if there's no such thing as you can't lose weight, there is a way around it. And I'm trying to tell you as a former diabetic who laughed at my doctor when they said you're going to be one of my success stories. I laughed at them and I said, I've tried everything. Your doctor told you that? My doctor told me you're going to be one of my success stories. That's a good doctor. She was a very good doctor. That's a really good doctor. That that was a doctor that cared. And I laughed at her and I said, I tried everything but I will do it so I can prove you wrong that I'm going to fail again. Mm. I'm going to prove you wrong. <laughs> I'm, I have tried everything. You're wrong. You know what I didn't try? Not giving up. Mm. Not giving up. Okay. I can write a book on that. Finally, number eight. Number eight is uh, you, keep- you keep ending up with the wrong person. Whose fault is that, Muhammad? Again, it's you you said all of the things earlier you said yeah. somewhere somehow yeah. i failed somewhere somehow i did this somewhere so it's the same thing you got to be open to the idea of what did you do and it's funny how was, are you contributing yeah i was talking about 
the same thing to a friend uh, a few days ago mm-hmm. and you said i think i wrote it somewhere mm. you said i don't i don't yeah you end up with the wrong person why yeah. is it always the wrong person why is it not the right person you gotta make yourself right yeah you maybe you're the wrong person right. oh did i crumble this you maybe gotta, this was the paper no i got it it's here oh, okay okay Go you ahead. gotta make yourself right first uh-huh. that right whatever right is mm-hmm. you gotta become that first before you get it and we we're also talking about honesty a lot of times girls will be like oh guys lie guys do this guys do that i want mm-hmm. a guy that doesn't lie oh, yeah but dude you're still lying bro mm-hmm. so until you stop the lying you keep getting guys that lie Yeah. So you got to get fixed first before you got to get whatever right is. Mm-hmm. What does right look like? Make a description of that right. Write it down and become that person. Until mm-hmm. then, you won't get a right person. I'm not a relationship expert, mm-hmm. but I can promise you that. I can bet money on it. Until you become that right, you won't get a right that you want because life doesn't mm-hmm. work like that. Listen, no matter what it is, this is the point we're trying to drive home to you as a leader, a person of authority, manager, whatever it is that you do. Even if you're just a parent, uh, if you're a parent, a teacher, whatever it is that you do, be open to the possibility that there's something that you could be doing to help the situation along. Or even if that's removing yourself from the situation, there's something that can be done, whether it's your children disobeying, whether it's your marriage not working correctly, you have power. Somebody was interviewing me, uh, it's for a magazine, and uh, they asked me, what would you say to your younger self? And I would say, you are in control. You are in control, much more than what you think you are in control of. And that is what I, we want you to do. Take extreme ownership. What is extreme ownership means? Being open to the possibility that you can approve. It means reducing your ego, okay? Now here, I have a situational, and I, I know there's a couple of people watching, and Muhammad, you can answer this. This is a situational, and then we'll close. Okay, you have two brothers living in a house, right? Two brothers. Is it inspired from reality? The world may never know. <laughs> you have two brothers living in a house. One brother, this is this is from a, a writer named, his name, well, his online name is Macadocious. <laughs> Macadocious, okay. Okay, so this is his situation. He was sleeping, right? He was sleeping. And his brother and he share the same car. They live in the same house. They share the same car. Just before he had to get up and take the car to work, the brother goes to see his girlfriend with the car, okay? Mm-hmm. Knowing that his brother had to go to work. Now, something happened over at the girlfriend's house. It made him delayed to get back. But the brother had was looking all over the car for the car. He's calling his brother. His brother not answering the phone. He don't know what's going on. So he ends up late for, to work and he ends up losing his job. Mm-hmm. The brother, once he sees his brother, they are arguing and fighting like cats and dogs because the brother that was, you know, he needed the ride. He needed the car to go to work. 
He's like, you made me lose my job. Why would you do that? You just have no, no respect, no, uh, you know, regard or consideration. Whose fault is it that he lost his job? Is it his fault or is it the brother's fault? Yeah, that's that's really hard too because I feel the brother so bad. I love ethical dilemmas. I I literally want to cry right now. Yeah, I feel the brother so much, but knowing myself, I would have found a way to go to work regardless yeah. of what my brother is doing well i mean I he fi- did get go to work he just had to uber but he ended up late and it was like you know what this is it yeah yeah and i think it's the energy of blaming it all on the brother yeah that actually got him late with the uber because he could have still yeah it's it's a little it's it's very delicate because it's it's like if let's say you were expecting to mm-hmm. leave mm-hmm. and right when you get out then the car is gone. Then it's like, oh, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. So all that frustrations can actually take you more time mm-hmm. than was necessary. But, but this is my thing, though. If he got fired that fast, to me, it says he, he probably was job, late right? over and over <laughs> and over again. Yeah. Or they probably would just wait for one more slip up. Yeah, that's so true. So to me, with that, with that, just making that assumption, um, I think it's possible. That's why you that's why you don't really know people's situation. Yeah. You don't really know. Like cuz if he was to go and tell that to somebody, they would say, "Man, your brother is so wrong for yeah. that." But if they were to know that he always goes into work late and yeah. this was his last straw, then you probably would blame him, right? Yeah. Make sure you guys are taking ownership in your lives wherever you are serving. Make sure that you are taking ownership for yourself even in your personal relationships, in every aspect, find the error, find the way that you can improve yourself, okay? Now, if you want to send in information, uh, maybe you want to be a sponsor, or maybe you want to uh, write into us, you can write in at admin at labo.io. Yeah, really good topic. Yeah, that was... That was fire. Yeah. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Yeah. At Lobo Lessons on Spotify Mm -hmm. and Apple Podcasts. And Anchor FM. And Anchor FM. Now me and Mohammed got a lot of work to do. So we will see you guys next time. Thanks for watching. Lobo's Lessons.